All right, guys, welcome to another week of the podcast. Man, am I excited about this one right here. Another year, 2022. Listen, I don't love dating podcasts, but this is a big one. We, last year, in 2021, released our uh, year ahead, how to make money and some trends and topics and what we, what we were expecting in the year 2021. And we hit pretty much every single one of them on the head. So I'm pretty excited about the idea and the opportunity to do this all over again. Of course, things can change. There's just I, our ideas and our opinions, but I think you're going to enjoy it. And I'd love to hear your feedback. So I want to welcome all of your feedback. What do you think? Did we hit the nail on the head? Were we wrong? Did we miss something? Uh, this is an open open platform. Let us know what you think and make sure to hit us up on Instagram. We've got two channels at Thrive Mortgage Co. and at the YVR Remo Show. Again, that's at Thrive Mortgage Co. and at the YVR Remo Show on Instagram. Uh, make sure to let us know what you think of the show. Let us know about our opinions. And if you want to lo- talk to us or work with us, uh, check us out there. Our website, thrivemortgage.ca. Now, as you guys like to, as you know, I love when we get great feedback, not only from our clients and customers in Thrive, but also with the podcast, because it's really, you know, it's, it's, this is a labor of love. We talk about every single show. This is something that we do purely out of our passion. We run a very successful business, but we also want to give back to our community. And uh, it's nice to be able to help people out. So when I get this five-star review, uh, or this one I got today from someone we're actually actively working with, it made me really excited. I got this one from R. Drat. Uh, she said, very informative. I just started working with Alex and his team, hopefully to start buying in the new year. I started listening to this podcast in hopes of becoming more educated about the market. I love this show. I learned so much already and honestly, it's going to give me so much information when I'm going to buy the episode where to discuss the pitfalls to avoid with purchasing a new place was invaluable. Anybody who wants to get into the market or looking to buy again, this podcast and this team are must-haves. Thank you so much and keep it up. Thank you, Rebecca. Really appreciate it. And we want to get you a mug and a coffee. So if you're listening to this episode, uh, send us a DM on Instagram, or of course, you can send us an email, info at thrivemortgage.ca, and we're going to get you a lovely Thrive mug and coffee to warm you up during the winter season. Again, guys, this episode is all about our predictions going to the year. New Year. Let us know what you think. We're going to throw some polls out on our Instagram pages over the next couple of weeks. Again, the hosts of the show are myself, Alex McFadden, my business partners, Derek Williamson, Dean Lawton, and we can't wait to see you on the other side. Enjoy the show. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Whoa! Welcome to 2022, guys. Uh, Just amazing, amazing, amazing time to be alive, isn't it? Really excited about sharing uh, real estate advice with you guys, investment advice, strategies, conversations, and I'm happy that you're tuning into our first episode of the year. It is a prime to be a good one. The focus of our episode and our podcast today is realistically about uh, where we see opportunities in 2022. Where can you start to look at making money? Obviously, this is not extensive. It's not the only ways that you can make money, but a few key ways based on some of the trends that we saw in 2021 that we wanted to piggyback on and where we see things continuing to grow uh, for the year. So we want to make this like right to it. We want to get to you guys drive time, right? You're probably heading back to work or something like that or hanging out for the holidays, getting fat, eating some food. So let's get you, let's get you smart and let's get you rich. Take it away, Derek. I think the biggest thing to touch on right away is if you are in the real estate market and if you have been for the last 12 to 24 months, you have made money on your home. 
no question, unless you were in a very, very poor transaction somehow, um, your house has gone up in value. Everyone's house has gone up in value, everything from condos to townhouses to detached homes to acreages, like you name it, there is a significant lift in value in your home if you're in the market. And how do you take advantage of that, right? Uh, money in your home is not working for you. Uh, it's sitting there, it's great to have equity, but we can tap into that equity at very, very low interest rates right now. Uh, and we have a ton of clients, ourselves included, taking advantage of what we've seen in the last 12 to 24 months uh, and helping grow your net worth, right? Um, average detached home, I'm talking, you know, Fraser Valley, we've seen prices increase from 200 to $500,000 in the last 12 to 24 months. We've seen townhouses increase from hundred dollars to $300,000, sometimes even more in the last 12 to 24 months. And condos, I think that we're right on the verge of seeing this kind of blow up, uh, but we've seen these condos jump from 50 to 150, $200,000 in some cases. So that is a dramatic, dramatic amount of equity that has built up, uh, even for someone that put 5% down right? Like you might've put $25,000 into your condo to buy your first condo. And you now have access to well over 20% money that can be drawn out. Uh, and you can look at, you know, a, a ton of different options to, to utilize that equity, which we'll dive into now. I think it's a great point and, and hands down one of the number one questions I get from clients when it comes to looking at equity in their home is they just don't realize it exists. And, and especially those clients that did put 5% down two years ago, they're just baffled to learn that there's a couple hundred thousand dollars of equity in their home. And, and, and I'd be baffled too, because this is not something that's normal. Like we've been doing this business for a long time and we've never seen this quick, uh, like this early into a five-year term as a first-time home buyer to be able to access equity. It, it, it's been pretty rare to even see the opportunity to access equity in the first five years, let alone the first two. So I think that's a number one is just realizing there is equity in, in your home. And, and we take for granted, us being in the industry, knowing like, of course, we know the markets are up. We know that there's equity here, but a lot of people are just putting their head down, working hard, doing what they do enjoying life and not really looking at the value of homes or who what neighbors sell them for what like it just doesn't interest them so they have no idea um so just i think the one big takeaway here is you have equity in your home there's no question definitely i would say uh so from a from an opportunity perspective 2022 is quite literally going to piggyback on the end of 2021 with values continuing to increase with with properties going up in, in, in value refinancing and capturing that equity for something good, something that's gonna help you make money. You know, uh, we know that 2021 was the year of inflation with inflation rising, you know, reportedly 4.7, but probably higher than that. So when you continue to pay money or pay for a mortgage at 2%, and you can take $100,000 out at a $350 payment, invest that and get a return of 10 to whatever percent on an investment property or some other investment, Equity is your number one opportunity for growth. And the only way to get there if you're a listener and you're not in a home is to get in a home. So let's get that conversation started right now so we can get you in there and start building it. Yeah, so I mean, just jumping into like reasons why, like why would you even tap into this equity? And I'd say this is something we talked about a lot in the earlier times of, of the pandemic, but safety fund, like, you know, you may have no reason to pull out equity. And that's fine. Like you may, you may have no desire to buy a rental property. That's totally fine. But you do have equity sitting there. And, and is there a way to utilize it? Whether it's establishing a home equity, home equity line of credit that you don't even need 
but you don't pay for it. Like you might as well have it there and have access to it if you do need it. Cause when you do need it and it's not there, it's a lot tougher to get debt when you don't need, or when you need it. It's very difficult to get debt when you need it. Very easy to get it when you don't need it. Uh, and so, you know, just creating these safety funds, this reserve, or, you know, we look at this all the time, re-amortizing your mortgage, creating a, a new minimum payment threshold. You know, you, you may look at this and be like, why would I want to add another five years to my amortization? Why would I want this mortgage to take me another five years to pay off? And it's not necessarily that's what's going to happen, but to create that minimum payment threshold. So if you do get into tough times, if you do need to drop your payment back or or access equity on a fly because you lost your job or, or you're temporarily out of work, you know, with another wave of, of COVID here, this these are these are possibilities. Depending on what your what industry you're in, these are possibilities. And so, to create these safety funds or these safety, you know, strategies are highly recommended. Yeah, another one, big one on just refinancing and restructuring and and, and extending your amortization. We just had a uh, a lady that was looking to buy, and she didn't want to refinance her home, and she qualified for about a four hundred thousand dollar purchase, and that was because she's in a high rate. Her amortization's cut down to like 15 years. She has a high payment. So we're restructuring that, getting her into a lower rate. She's not pulling a dime out of the property, stretching it out to 30 years, and she's gonna qualify for a $550,000 property just because we got that payment down. So that's another great tool if you're looking to buy an investment property. Um, obviously the component of pulling money out, but also just getting that payment to the lowest possible point, which again, if you're renting that property out, it can make a huge difference for cash flow as well. We haven't really touched on upsize opportunity yet. I wanted to jump into that, but not even just upsize, but what we talk about all the time with house hacking and being able to uh, keep your primary residence, move over to the next residence with a minimal down payment. Well, the interesting thing is with the value increases. So like, just, just to give it a little quick explanation, one of the ter one of the uh, uh, strategies we talk to people all, all the time about is, is buy a home with like 5% down if you can or whatever you're gonna do, right? Yeah, live in that home, uh, make it your own live for, for a year or whatever the timeline is, start to build up some equity, it could be longer than that, and then rent that out, put a renter in that property to help pay off the rent or all of it, get some cash flow going, and then move into the next property with another 5% down. But what's been super interesting is, and I'm working with a guy right now like this, property went from 450 a year ago to like 580, almost $600,000, and like we can actually refinance now to take enough equity out to not only increase his future down payment, but to what we just mentioned, reset the amortization now his property is going to cash flow and he's going to move it to the other property. So same strategy as he was going to do before, but just a better way to do it, which is pretty cool. And that's that's just with the equity growth. Now, obviously, what he's buying is more expensive. There's no doubt about that at the end of the day. But, you know, ultimately, he can still weather the payments and he's going to acquire a second piece of real estate, which is a win-win in my opinion. So you can do that in a lot of situations. But, you know, again, upsize, downsize, right size, just keep your property and move on. Great points. And I mean, just to circle back on the main point of this one, properties have gone up in value. There's equity in your home. How do we best use that? Uh, Dean touched on refinancing, re-amortizing, maybe pulling some money out, paying off some debt. Uh, you know, purchasing an investment property is huge. It, again, today, like I spoke with a guy that he actually owns three properties and he didn't know that you can use the equity in your home to buy a rental property. He's come up with cash and borrowed money from family. So uh, that equity in your home, that seems almost fictional because you don't know where it came from. You don't know how it got there. You can pull that money out. You can buy a rental property with that. That can go towards your down payment. Uh, upsizing, like Alex talked about, uh, renovating is a huge one, right? We're in a challenging market right now. It's tough to get the, to the next home. It really, really 
is. You're competing against people on every single offer. Uh, we've had a lot of clients that have gone through the motions trying to buy. And, uh, you know, eventually it just gets so challenging and emotional that they'll pause on that and decide to stay in their home, refinance, pull out 50 grand, 100, $200,000 and do a renovation on their existing property. I just want to touch on renovations and the opportunities with renovations. If you can be recreative, this can really skyrocket the value of your home. And what I mean by that is, is the ability to add a suite. A lot of people don't realize that a suite is far more advantageous than a garage. And we've seen a lot of homes that, hey, I have a, I have a single garage here or a, you know, a double car garage and I'm going to turn it into a suite as an example and and eliminate the garage and people are thinking like why would you eliminate your garage you're crazy but that now allows a new buyer a new whole demographic of buyers to be able to buy that house because there's now rental income there and so from a perspective of you know renovating to maybe sell or just renovating to make your you know your lifestyle more affordable uh adding a suite is just a no-brainer and it's definitely something i would highly recommend because it can add value to your home like nothing nothing else truly and again we're looking at single family homes in, in in that example all i could hear was you say the word skyrocket you know how much i love that word <laughs> not at all not at all so so i guess like in summary of that first step there so whatever it is you decide to do whether it be for the purposes of you know clearing your debt uh, uh and, and and sorting out and consolidating things and using that newfound money to invest uh, buying a rental in general, buying invent rentals in terms of how to do that. I mean, uh, we have multiple clients who own multiple properties and we can refinance all of those to consolidate it to buy more. Uh, upsizing and or, and or just right sizing, house hacking, whatever it is. Of course, buying a vacation property is another one. We didn't talk about the vacation property thing, did we? We didn't, didn't no. get too big on that. Yeah, I didn't think so. So, so along the same veins, use the equity to instead of just buying like a typical rental. Like, what about a vacation property? I mean, last year we just got we get tapped on the shoulder. I don't know, like every freaking day, getting asked like, "Hey, how do I buy a vacation home?" Well, in a lot of circumstances, if this property has power and electricity, you can buy this property as a typical vacation home. And for a lot of people, it's a rental for a lot of the time. So buy a vacation home, put a renter in there for a year or two, get them to start paying it off for you and then enjoy it for the rest of your life or rent it out seasonally. There's lots of options to do that, right? So yes. that would be that would be another one. Airbnb plays in, is, is, can be incredible in the right area, of course, in the right the right community, in the right strata. But yeah, that's a great reason to, to look at, um, you know, buying additional property. Take that equity and make it work. It's otherwise it's dead money, guys, dead money. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the pre-sale piece um, and why that makes sense. So, you know, I, I, I'm hit and miss on pre-sales. I think like pre-sales are great if you know what you're doing, but I just think that there's so many people out there hawking out pre-sales saying like, you know, come buy this property, come buy that property. And there's a lot of, you know, people in the industry that aren't really educating their clients about the pros and cons. They're not doing the due diligence. I've bought a pre-sale that had a, a horrible experience in the past too. Like, so pre-sales are going to be big and they're going to continue to be big and there's going to continue to be opportunities for the right people but make sure you're doing your due diligence and for sure talk to us if you have questions about who to talk to i'll come in on the negative side of pre-sales just for a touch here and and i'd say the biggest one is if you look at what these pre-sales are selling for per square foot and you compare that per square foot price to the rest of the resale market you are paying a premium and we're in a market where it's like it's just going up and up and up and it's just like how could this not go up and you know you're probably right and, and your realtor's probably right you, your your pre-sale probably is going to go up in value over the next four years but what if it doesn't like you are buying it at a premium and i feel like 
you know, I, I don't want to dog on realtors because a lot of them are very good and they are, they will educate you that on this, but a lot of times you are buying at a premium and you need to understand that you're buying at a higher market value than what the market value is per square foot today in resale. And that's important to know because you're taking a gamble. So don't buy that pre-sale without the ability to close. You need to be able to close on that property because a lot of people are buying these pre-sales with the mindset of I'll just sell it before I have to close. And that, to me, that's not the right way to go in it. You have to go in on that project with the ability to close. And I've got a pro and con to this as well, and, and you're bang on there. I mean, we do see people that buy pre-sales because maybe they don't qualify for that size of a mortgage today. Um, you know, someone that's going to have quite a few raises, right? Like their, their wage is going to increase over time. And, and maybe in two years when the property is actually ready, they will be able to afford and qualify for the mortgage, right? Another thing is, you know, maybe somebody only has their 5%, 5 or 10% down now, and that's all the development requires, but they need 20% to qualify for the mortgage. So again, this place is ready in three years. It gives them three years to plan, save up, get themselves into that property. So a pre-sale is an awesome option if you are striking out currently based on your situation and if you have a detailed plan with your mortgage broker as to how you're gonna get there in the future, that's a phenomenal plan. I don't think you could go wrong. Like Dean mentioned, you have to plan on the values not being there because it could happen. Now, uh, one last thing on, on the pros is if you're striking out because you're not in a position to go subject free, right? Like people with 5% down, 10% down, 15% down, you should not be going subject free. There's risk there unless you have a backup plan with family. If your credit's a little bit weak, probably shouldn't be going subject free. If your income's unique, shouldn't be going subject free. Uh, Pre-sales give you an automatic uh, standard by law seven day rescission period. So you do have time to go and actually try to achieve a financing approval to see if it's going to work. That's probably the other big value that we see people going this route right now. Um, on the flip side, if you're buying an investment property, like for purpose of rental, I have an argument internally that if you're buying a property for the purpose of rental and the pre-sale isn't done for three to four years, you have lost out on three to four years of rental income and principal paid out. Yes, you're probably still going to gain the appreciation, but if you buy a resale property today and you get a renter in there tomorrow, that renter is paying down your mortgage, you know, you, you could be cash flowing, right? And you're still going to gain appreciation because you're in the market. So I don't know, I, I, I struggle with the concept of buying a rental property that's closing three to four years down the road because you can gain a ton of net worth and wealth in those years that you're waiting to close on your new property. Mm. That was good. I got to add anything more to that. There's no point. <laughs> we'll cap it on that. I just want to say one positive no. thing about this because I, I definitely touched on the negative side pretty hard there. But, you know, one positive is not every pre-sale is closing in four or five years. There are townhouse projects that are closing in eight, nine, 12 months that are more realistic to kind of plan like, hey, this could be my primary residence. And from that from that side of things, it can be an absolute fantastic strategy because again, it does allow you to make an offer and do your due diligence and not have to write subject free. And it does allow you to create a plan over the next nine to 12 months to actually live in that property. So from, you know, there, there's definitely two very different types of pre-sales. And I think a lot of the activity right now and a lot of the a lot of the chatter in the market is these towers that are going up and not completing until 2025. But on the flip side, the more common product is closing in 12 months or within 12 months, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's absolutely true. 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, just generally speaking, like buying a home and getting the market and where people need to start thinking a little differently for that. I mean, ultimately, we know that for a lot of people, they do want to get into the market and uh, it's just been nervousness or scared about, you know, the market crashing or going down or things like that. Like, number one, like, you know, trends going into 2022. If you're listening to our podcast, turn off the damn news, turn off all of your notifications, turn off everything that's not a specific, like a, a source. What's that? Not this news. We're not the news. We're real. We're real. Uh, we're real humans. There's no agenda or anything like that. Turn up CTV and Global and all those guys if you if you don't love the feedback. I mean, at the end of the day, listen, their job is to get views and it gets views. But our job is to educate people and not make up stuff. So um, hopefully that doesn't destroy my chance of ever getting on the news. One day. One day. Hold me. <laughs> we'll, tell them, we'll tell the people the real stuff. But anyhow, so getting into the market just in general, like, um, you know, stop listening to the noise. Like, listen to us. Listen to the conversations. Listen to the success stories. We'll talk about the fails, too, and where people didn't do, you know, as well. But um, ultimately, you know, becoming a homeowner is an opportunity going into this. So I know our investor clients aren't going to love hearing that one right there. But for our investor clients, you should be thinking about the fact that you, you, you got to spread the word about more people learning what you did and the value that has created you and the wealth that it's created to you to own a home. Like, you know, a simple example of just a general uh, scenario would be, you know, people that we've talked to this year where, you know, maybe they've lost a job or had something occur or maybe COVID hit them hard and they had 15, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 in debt and their actual home equity was able to help them get out of the hole. And, you know, I, I know in a number of those circumstances, those people we were able to, to teach not only how to leverage and pay off the debt, but also how to take that money to purchase an investment and or, you know, turn that into something real and not just stick that cash back into a credit card, so to speak. Right. So just becoming a homeowner, that's that's going to be a trend and that's going to be something to focus. And we hope to educate more people to do so. Yeah. I mean, just becoming a homeowner is like it's really easily said and done or, or I don't even know how to word that but it, it's so easy to say hey just become a homeowner but like I remember back in the day where I was so hard to get that down payment and we've talked about this on on previous episodes of like the the creative ways to get into the market with you know co-ownership agreements or JV agreements or you know parents help the bank of mom and dad all these things that we've talked about in the past like go back educate yourself on those episodes because getting into the market is the key it is so so important because especially in this market, this rental market is insane. I can't believe what properties are renting for. I was renting a condo when I was 18 years old for $800 a month, a two bedroom, two bath condo. And it's like, this is like a $2,500 property now. It just blows my mind. And it's like, you know, with interest rates so low, your monthly cost with Strata, with all the costs is lower than rent. It's far lower than rent. So if you can take some of these strategies we've talked about throughout the year about getting into the market and finding creative ways to get down payment, it, you're, it will pay dividends. It will really will pay dividends for you because not just the appreciation side, like it will actually bring your lower, your, your monthly costs down in, in a considerable way. And that's super important. And again, I don't want to sugarcoat how easy it is to get in the market. It's not easy. It's tough. Um, but there are ways to do it and we've talked about it. Yeah, you just, you got to start planning, right? Because you can run the numbers and in best case scenario, it works right now and you can pull the trigger and buy something. On the flip side, it doesn't work right now, but we can start explaining and planning with you and figuring out what you need to do to get there, whether it's borrowing from family or getting a co-signer or buying with a friend, right? There's always, there's a ton of different scenarios that we can look into. 
Um, I think just two points from my side is if you're one of these people that is waiting for a crash in our market, you need to stop waiting for a crash because it's very, very likely not going to come. And if you're not priced out already, you probably will be at some point. Um, I know people that have been waiting for seven years hoping that the market goes down, right? And they've probably missed out on $600,000 in equity. So if you're on the fence waiting for a crash, I strongly suggest against it. Just try to get in, make sure it's affordable. It's a place you like to live. Long-term real estate will play out. Um, and lastly, because of what's happened in our market and how dramatically uh, high prices have increased, if you have been priced out, or if you think you've been priced out, have a conversation with us because again, like the co-signer, buying with family, buying with friends, there's other options you can look at before you consider yourself priced out. And if you are actually priced out, try to buy something somewhere else, right? Like even Alberta, you can buy a detached home that brings in a crazy amount of rental income in Alberta for like 500 grand right? It's a different world. You're not going to see the same appreciation, but it's good to get into the real estate market at some level. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't walk away and shut the door on real estate. If, if, you know, you've had a, a poor experience so far, it's worth a conversation. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. I was going to get into the co-ownership agreement. So from an investment perspective, I wanted to talk this from, for, for someone who's a homeowner and they're wondering, you know, they're thinking about getting their kid into the market or, or a friend of theirs or something of that nature. There's a win-win scenario here where you could have equity in your home and look at a friend of yours and say, hey, man, like this guy's a good person, a good human. Let's see if this person is interested in uh, a long term investment. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a quote unquote friend. You could just start putting the word out there. And again, you could contribute the down payment as a joint venture ownership agreement. Look at five years down the road as an exit point and uh, put a plan together to not only earn money on the home, but also help people get into the market. So you know who the tenant is. They're the owner. They give a crap. Uh, and you're building up some equity in the meantime. That's a, a great way to not only give back to someone that you know. And doesn't even, it's not even giving back, really, at the end of the day. You're just putting someone in a position to succeed. And you're making money off that with a very low uh, risk in most circumstances, as long as you do your due diligence. So big one there. Big one there. On the flip side of that, if you are that individual that can give that support and has those resources, those down payment resources, but maybe don't qualify for another property. We've talked about this in many episodes, like the opportunity to be able to give back or, or just even just another foot in the door to invest in further real estate. Look for these opportunities. Look for these great people, whether it's your son or, or your daughter looking to get in the market. These are great opportunities for you to support that individual and get your foot in the door with another property as a co-ownership agreement, you know, because again, we're all at the point where it's very difficult to buy another property. It's very tough to qualify for more than one or two properties and getting into three, four, you know, people like it's very rare that people own more than three or four properties because it's so hard to qualify. These are great ways to get your foot in the door as a silent partner or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, I mean, that's a great point. Uh, look for these opportunities. They exist. And that's what it's all about in 2022. It's creativity. Uh, joint ventures, partnerships, agreements. These are things that we've seen in the past and I don't think they're gonna start going away anytime soon. Don't wait for that market to crash, guys. Listen, go look at statistics time and time and time and time again. Let's think they're gonna slow down eventually, but they're not gonna pop off a cliff. Um, start planning now. This is this is a big one, right? I, I do have one, one, one more ad I'll do as a bonus towards the end, but you know, let's talk about planning and what that looks like. So 
Uh, we did an episode not long ago uh, talking about the four key strategies to getting started planning, investing in real estate. So if you're someone who wants to take advantage of this to, to grow your portfolio, uh, we're still going to cater to you and we're still going to talk about that and, and look at that. But I, I suggest you go back to the episode, the four strategies to uh, getting started planning, investing in real estate and have a good listen to that because that's going to give you everything you need to know about what you should get doing, be doing first if you're planning to invest in real estate. You know, the 2022 opportunity is, I mean, I could say it's the same as the 2021 opportunity in a lot of ways you are where you are right now and you're here for a reason so get started now and don't wait there's a lot of people that are waiting for january 1st to start their goals and, and timelines and most of these people won't actually do anything until you know three months in four months in start the conversation today put your budget on paper um you know write it down exactly what you're trying to do and, and make it happen whether it takes a month six months nine months or, or a year and a half start the conversation that's the very first step it's like we talk. We don't really talk about this very much, but I, I believe the reality of investing is is it's 100% a psychological game. Sure, there are some physical barriers of accessing or getting money, but if you want to do it bad enough, you'll figure it out and you'll you'll make it happen. These people that have you know multiple properties, like one for each kid and or you know a few, they didn't magically grow them. It it was they had a plan, they executed, and sure maybe they got lucky because of the market in some degrees, but you got to start to get there. So it's all a psychological decision, and uh, it's a mindset piece. So. For 2022, if you're listening to this, create a more positive mindset and uh, thinking positively isn't going to do shit. Positive mindset is to think of what you're going to do and then action it, make it happen. Well, that's just great life advice in general. But uh, just from a planning perspective, it's pretty incredible Like how often we, we meet a client that's a first-time buyer, as an example, never looked at their credit. You know, they got the credit karma thing going on. They think they know what their, you know, what their credit score is at and what's on their credit bureau, what's not on their credit bureau. It, a credit bureau that's pulled for the purpose of a mortgage can be very different. And, and the information that comes on those bureaus can be quite different than what you may see on a credit karma or some personal credit bureau. And from the planning perspective, you may not be ready for 12 months, but to have a quick or not a quick, but a very thorough review of your file and where you may be at today, it, it, it can just set you up for honestly, the success that it can set you up for is just, I'd say, I'd say the biggest thing is the peace of mind of, of avoiding a really big headache when you are ready. And, and to be able to rectify some of these issues, like issues on credit bureaus, issues on in with creditors that you thought you dealt with that, that maybe didn't deal with it properly. These issues can take months to rectify, months. And to be able to look at these now and rectify them now, so in 12 months you're not dealing with that headache, I, I honestly, I, I, don't, I don't, you can't put a price on that peace of mind and that planning and, and those are things that People would just, they're just baffled when they see that this is actually an issue that they have to deal with. And, and, and it's frustrating, but the fact that we picked these things up earlier because we were planning, again, it's priceless. Yeah, just to add one last piece on top of that, like timelines, right? Your pre-approval is going one of two ways. You either qualify and it all works, beautiful, you pull the trigger, you're happy, or it doesn't work and we need to build a plan. And like I have personally worked with clients for five years, helping them fix credit and save down payment and get into a better job before they purchase their house. That's rare. Usually doesn't take that long, but it can take a year. 
right? So the sooner we start this conversation, the better. No question, no question. And then I'll leave you with my uh, my personal bonus opportunity going into 2022 and and where I see things shifting and, and uh, maybe trends, I don't know what the right word is here, but I think the trends continue into 2022 as far as out of market properties. Now I'm referring particularly to investments and this could include vacation properties or otherwise. You know, during this year we saw people being more comfortable with purchasing properties remotely, like moving from Ontario to BC, moving from Vancouver to the island, moving to the interior, uh, moving to different provinces, and we saw a lot of remote buying. But I also saw a lot of my com customers and clients in the past who said they would never buy an investment property elsewhere because they couldn't manage it and couldn't see it. They started shifting their mind and they started focusing their energy towards, uh, okay, let's look at this, let's make it happen. And so I saw that trend continue towards the end of the year. I think that blows up into 2022. I think we're probably talking to more clients about uh, buying a property out of province and heck, I don't know, maybe even out of the country. There, you, you got your HELOC, so a lot of people have enough equity to buy properties elsewhere, right? So uh, that's that's my uh, thought for 2022 and where I see opportunities and I'm excited to see that area grow. That's a great point and I totally agree with you. And I would say another opportunity that I would definitely look at and I'm personally looking at is two bedroom, two bathroom, condos in the lower mainland Fraser Valley. Uh, those have gone up in value in, in 2021, but I think they're just prime for an absolute boost in 2022 because that's what we saw in the townhouse market during 2021. We talked about this in our last episode. 2022, I truly believe is the, is the year for condos, especially two bed, two baths. It, it, it's what's affordable. I mean, the amount of clients that we see dual income, 50 grand each, you know, household income, 100, 120,000 combined income, they're qualifying for condos. That's what that's what's affordable. And that is honestly, I, I, I truly believe that's what's going to pop off this year. So that's my prediction. Any predictions from uh, Mr. Derek? I think we've <laughs> talked about them all here today. Just get all into right. the market. <laughs> get into the market if you're not in the market. There we go. There we go. And you can uh, you can tune into my motivational podcast uh, coming coming 2022. <laughs> get y'all fired up. Um, awesome. All right, guys. Hey, listen. Um, you know that's not everything. Uh, you know if this is your start of 2022 and this is one of the first episodes that you're listening to, you probably learned a few things. Uh, we have almost 100 episodes in the past, and that's a lot of timeless episodes that have strategies, insights opportunities, explanations, like quite literally, we have the book on how to buy and get into the market and leverage real estate in all of our podcasts. So if you haven't done so, check it out. And please, if you're loving the show, tell a friend. That's what we want you to do. Tell a friend, uh, share us on IG, uh, at Thrive Mortgage Co, at the YBR Remo Show. And if you wanna work with us, send us a message. Uh, there's the Instagram account. You can call us at uh, 399 398-555-75 or just visit our website, thrivemortgage.ca, send us a uh, line and let us know what your situation is and someone on the team will reach out, make sure you're taken care of. That being said, here's to an amazing, amazing 2022. Cheers, guys.